The Sheriff family enjoys spending a lot of time outside. Hence, we care what goes into our environment. That's why we support propane, the energy for everyone. Did you know that propane produces fewer greenhouse gas emissions than electricity generated on the U.S. grid? Propane's emissions are 43% fewer. That's a lot. Propane is clean, dependable, and affordable. Plus, it's produced right here in the USA. Let's all do our part to reduce emissions from our homes, cabins, and businesses by choosing propane, the right energy right now. To learn more about propane, the energy for everyone, go to propane.com. Welcome back to Worst Seats in the House. Michael Russo, Anthony LaPanta coming to you from Tuttle's in Hopkins uh, for a very, very special uh, live podcast here with Wild General Manager Bill Guerin. Thanks to Josh Driver. JoshDriverPhotography.com is here also. Check out his stuff. And uh, Billy, man, thanks for coming out. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. When I let Aaron Sickman know yesterday that, that you agreed to do this, he said, next time tell Billy that he, you should go through <laughs> PR. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I should have. <laughs> so, Sorry, Sicky. I bypassed, uh, I bypassed the PR guy to, to set up this podcast. Yeah, I, have like, I have like eight bosses. <laughs> and Sicky's definitely Most one of them. Most important ones are right, right over there. Right over there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, both of them. Uh, one, of, uh, one of your daughters, Gracie, is here, and Kara is here as well. She's not my, Grace is not my boss. She bosses me around, but she's not my boss. Um, Liam's your boss, I bet. No, he's not. <laughs> So uh, thanks for coming out. Um, really, really appreciate it. I, I, I cannot believe the number of people that are here. I mean, there's got to be, what do you think, Anthony? Well, it's, it's the be biggest crowd we've had. There's yeah. got to be 25, 30 people here. For I was, sure. I was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for coming out. What a, what a great turnout. Yeah. I was thinking uh, when I first started this podcast with Jim Suhan many, many eons ago, Brandon, you were the producer. We did it at the Liffey, and uh, Lonnie came to that, and he told me that we had three people there. Remember how intimate that was? We were like in a booth, and there were honestly like three people in front of us. And if you had invited Billy, you'd have gotten at least a six. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so we have uh, definitely come a long, long way, and uh, Bill, uh, the team has come a long, long way, obviously. 51 wins, 109 points, sitting home ice advantage going into this final three-game home stand of the regular season and you know to me again last night one of your more impressive victories of the season you you not only without Felino, Greenway, Dumba and Zuccarello which are four big players on the team yeah. then uh, four minutes into his ice time seven minutes left in the first period you lose Jared Spurgeon to an injury and yet the depth that you guys have put together you figure out a way to win that game obviously some great great plays by the Erickson X and the Fialas and the Caprisas and obviously Kulikov to get it done um, but you know how impressed were you that you were able to go into a building last night against a very desperate hockey team and win that game. Yeah, I mean, it was it was an impressive win. I mean, this team just, they just keep on doing it to me. Like, I'm like, <laughs> God, what the heck? You know, this is, we're going to, you know, we're going this way or that way. And they just, they just keep delivering. And you know what? I, I give all the credit to our, our coaching staff and to the players. And you know what? It, it just shows the character that we have in, the, in that dressing room. Um, they just, they just don't, 
they don't take no for an answer. And that's what I love about it. And you know what? When you when you lose those big pieces, you know, Dom's, Spurge gets hurt, Greeny's out, Moose is out, but these kids step up, you know, do or do hame, the role players step up. And then, you know, we, we obviously we got some some great individual efforts from from Fiala's been great lately. Um Kirill's been great all year. It's just uh you know, it, it it's it's what it takes. You know, mm-hmm. we, we need that uh organizational depth and these guys to to chip in one way or another. And you know, even even the new guys that we that we got at the deadline, everybody's contributing. And that's that's what it takes to have success. I thought last night's game had a lot of elements to it that were microcosms of the season because there were a couple points within that game where you felt like, okay, now the momentum's going the wrong way. Nashville's desperate. They took the lead, and the game's going to start to tilt that way. And then in a blink of an eye, somehow, someway, somebody makes a play and swings it right back. There is such an element of no panic, just keep playing. And I know you've established somewhat of that no excuses mentality, but I, I, Dean Evison has said that and used that phrase so many times. I, I can't think of a better way to describe what the mentality of this team has become. Yeah, there are no excuses. I mean, you have to show up. You have to play. Yeah, we, we're, we want to win. And that's what it's all about. I don't care who we have in the lineup, who's out of the lineup. I don't care what's going on. The objective is to win the game. And we need guys to step up. We've had guys stepping up. We need guys to, you know what, in, in your own way, you know what, certain guys can make certain plays. Everybody can block a shot. Everybody can make a good play on the wall. Everybody can, you know, sacrifice some way, shape, or form in their own way. And that's what we need. So, yeah, you know what, there are no excuses. And, you know what, if, if uh, you know, we underperform, then we underperform. But, you know, you have to get right back at it the next night and, um, that's one of the things I love about Dino. There's there's yeah. no BS. It's it's straight to the point, and I, I think we're both kind of like that. And um, that's why we communicate really well too, because we're comfortable saying the hard things to each other. You give the credit to the coaches and the players, but you're the one that put this group together, and you can tell that there was a lot of care put on the character of the people inside that room. Yeah. Well, I, I have a lot of help too. I mean, my hockey ops crew is the best. Uh, Chris O'Hearn, Matt Sells, Mike Murray, um, you know, and, and and there's the names keep going on, but those are the guys that are they're in the office every day with me. Um, you know, we have a whole scouting department, uh, pro and amateur, but you know the pros are involved more on the trade deadline. Ray Shiro has been, you know, a real vital piece, uh, you know, to our success, and um, we all work together. Uh, and yeah, you know what we we came up with these names and you know we we got things done on trade deadline day and um I've I've been so impressed with with two things from that the way that our the 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 guys that have been here all year um absorbed those guys and brought them in and made them feel at home and the way that the new guys came in and just kind of got right into uh and bought into what we were doing and it's been it's been seamless and it does you know, you mentioned character. That's the number one thing in our criteria. The number that, one. The guy that I thought last night uh, that was just unbelievable for you was one of those character guys you brought in, and that was Jake Middleton. Um, yeah. You know, you needed him to be good last night. He played such a confident hockey game in that third period. Um, how integral, especially when you see the injuries that you have to the back end now, was that pickup? I mean, it's looking to be pretty good. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like the, the players, the the players make us look good, yeah. right? You know, we we make our decisions, and um, there, there's always a bit of risk involved. But um, if they come in and play well and do what they're supposed to do, like I said, they make us look good. He he's been, yep. you know, they they've all been very good. I, I I can't say enough about them, and they've all really enjoyed being here. They they want to be here, and and that. That's good for us. Um, Spurgeon, what's the uh, latest? Uh, he's he's doing well. He's he's better than uh, he's better than we originally thought. Um, not going to give you any details or timeline or anything like that. I'm just I'm just being <laughs> well, honest. I'm not giving this you is anything. All off the record. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so game one of the playoffs. The only people that listen to this podcast are actually in this room. <laughs> <laughs> so game one of the po- uh, the playoffs. Do you think he'll be ready? Yeah, I think he should. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know what uh, Kulikov said last hey, night? Hey, yep. I'm not a doctor. Yep. I, yeah, yeah. We'll I, see. Yeah, I we'll get see. it. Um, you know, Kulikov uh, last night had a great point, you know, and, and really I didn't think about it until after the game. Obviously, we, we know the shot uh, numbers last night, the shot attempts, but he said that the really the, intro, the real key part of that last night's game was the forwards really um, helping out defensively. Where, and if you think about it, I mean, 5D for 52 and a half minutes, and yet I don't remember really one sustained, you know, forechecking pressure shift by the Predators. I mean, they, they had chances, no doubt, but you guys pretty much got on the attack and out of your zone all game. How big was that last night? And how, how good were the forwards last night? The forwards were great. Yeah. And, you know, it's all obviously sore of the D. And you know what? The biggest thing in last night's victory, we didn't turn the puck over. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the killer. In any in any game, and it's you know that's my that's the thing that drives me nuts are turnovers, and I think it's because I did it all the time when I was a young player, and Jacques <laughs> Lemaire used to bench me all the time because of it. So I know how important it is. But the, you know what? We have five defensemen. You know what? They're playing a lot. They're logging a lot of ice time. We have to make it easy on them. Uh, playing in your defensive zone is is taxing. So put the puck in the offensive zone. It's it's simple, you know. You have to you have to fight the urge to try to make that extra play or try to beat that guy one on one. Just put it in, you know. It, it's a uh, it becomes a bit of bit more of a chess match then. Uh, the, the couple defensemen that he, Michael mentioned, I thought Middleton was great last night. Kulikov gets the game winner, but the best moment of the night was Middleton's explanation of when Bob Woods called him to go next in overtime, <laughs> he and says, he looked at him. He said, "Wait, Woodsy, wait, what?" Woodsy told me that on the <laughs> yeah. plane. He said. He called Middleton. Hey, Midzi, you're up next. And he's like, what? This was in the overtime. <laughs> yeah, he's told, like, told Middleton he's never he was been next. out there for overtime before. He's like, where you go? He goes, forget it. Brodine, you're up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what uh, that whole story reminded me of when Dean was saying that in the postgame? Is that the Wild played a shootout like 10 years ago in Edmonton. I don't remember. Were you the play-by-play guy when it was like 12 rounds? It was no, crazy. No, not yet. So, um, so they call it Brodziak. In like round eleven, and Nick Schultz after the game said, when they called Brodzy, all of a sudden his heart started racing because he figured I have to be next oh, at yeah. that point. That was before Brodzy was like having a twenty goal season. And then Brodzy goes out and wins the game. But uh, but Schultz's quote after the game was just hysterical. That he's like, I'm sitting on the bench thinking I'm just enjoying the shootout. Then they we're getting to the point where they're calling Brodzy. Yeah. Like I better start <laughs> to actually think about what I'm going to do. I had a uh, I had a situation like that when I was playing. I was playing for the Bruins. And Mike Keenan was our coach, and we were playing Detroit, in Detroit. And, I mean, they had, they had all those guys back then still. They were, I mean, they were unbelievable. And we had to kill a five-on-three penalty. And I, I was not a penalty kill guy. 
And Keenan pokes me in the back. He goes, go. I turn around. I said, it's a five on three. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I know. Go. I'm like, all right. And we ended up killing the five on three. And I swear it was because the Detroit players couldn't believe what I was doing because I had no clue what I was doing. And they're like, this guy's all out of whack. Like, and I think I just, threw, this. I just think I threw him off. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. You mentioned uh, how much your staff puts into to character. Can you, without maybe going into specifics, if, if that would create an awkward situation, how do you go about that? When you're at the deadline, it's not like you have a month to research some of these guys. I mean, sometimes you've told me that names pop up and within a couple of hours you have a deal made. How do you go about that quickly doing that research and that background? Hockey's a small world. Hockey's a small world. So you're just reaching out to anybody you you know that knows them? Yes. You call anybody you know. You get any any sort of information you can before you make the deal. Um, A lot of the deals, you know, you're, you're, you know, you identify guys before, hey, this guy, these, you know, 12 guys on, on all these different teams might be available. Let's start digging in. You know, and it, I'll tell you what, reputations travel with people. And it's like, you know what, bad guy, bad guy, he's out all the time, he's doing this. <laughs> we know everything. <laughs> like, there, there's no, there are no secrets. And it, it, it's a small world. So, like, yeah, if something comes up quick, you can – you know, and usually a lot of times, you know, it's 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 in our room because we do have such guys with you know either playing experience, management experience, scouting experience, but it just kind of you know hockey's a, it's a small world. Well, so Fle- all of these guys you acquired were any of them not on your radar prior to say a couple days before the deadline? No, they were all on our radar. And you know what? I guess the one that came up the quickest was was Jost, um, but we had talked about him a year before. Uh, we knew all about him. Um, you know, uh, Matt Sells had uh, Penticton connections from from uh, you know his junior days. We we obviously knew people from North Dakota, things like that, and and just people that played with him in in Colorado and. Yeah, like I said, it's a really small world. You, we can find out things pretty quick. Well, Felino uh, alluded to the fact that before the Deloria trade, that you yeah. guys had a conversation. Yep, yep, yep. So, yep. and I, I don't ask players. I don't. I don't ask players for their blessing. <laughs> That's true. Um, but I do want to just kind of get the get the skinny on them, yeah. you know. And I, I think our players are they're real honest with me, and and um, you know. It's it's a decision that I have to make. I don't I don't want I don't want them feeling that pressure or anything like that. Just you know, we're talking about the uh, the construction of the roster. Let's let's talk about the construction of the roster of somebody that was in house. Uh, go back to last summer and the Kaprizov um, soap opera that 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 took a long time. But all of a sudden you get wind literally the day yeah. before you sign him that he's been in Florida for two, like two weeks. No, uh, no. Yeah. Okay. No. I right. get, no. <laughs> Uh-oh, we're suddenly disproving uh, some of Russo's stories. I, no, not, well, a, not a few weeks. A few hours. Okay, yeah, a few hours. I had I had a spy yeah. through my son, <laughs> and uh, I can't give anything away, but we, 
we knew he was there. Okay. So, um, so all of a sudden, uh, Theophanis calls you and basically pulls you out of a meeting. You fly yep. to Florida. Yep. Um, you have a couple, basically a day and a half of negotiations down there. It's running really yeah, negotiations yeah, yeah. at that point. You're just face to face explaining to Caprice. Yeah, off. that was really important. I think just, I mean, you know what? These are great. Yeah. They're awesome. But sometimes you just got to get face to face with somebody, right? To, to get how they're feeling, to really yeah. express yourself. It's easy over this stuff. Text messages and Zoom calls and stuff. It's easy because you're not you're not within an arm's reach. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but it's uh it's it, it, I think it's important too for the relationship uh you know between the GM and the player, the GM and the agent, just to, you know what, to to sit down in front of each other and you know what? We met uh, the first night. We we went out and had sushi. I think at about ten thirty, and then the next day we kind of just really hashed it out and 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 got it done. And yeah. I think I went for like a three hour walk on the beach down uh, Miami, and it was just just waiting to hear. You know, yeah, because you feel we, good about we were, sixteen yeah, text messages. Yeah, we were at the end of the road. You were hounding me. <laughs> um, anything? Anything? <laughs> yeah, Mike. I just, I, yeah, I, yeah, Mike. it was a uh, that was a, that was one of those days. I was sitting like on pins and needles because I knew that something was up here, and uh, I and I got wind that you weren't in town, so I just like was. I mean, I, that was a long day. So I think for both. <laughs> yeah, you're telling me. Yeah. <laughs> Tell the story. Now, I had uh, Andrew Hyatt Whitey, as uh, we all know him, the director yeah. of team operations on my podcast two or three months ago, and he told the great story about the the really frantic uh, drive that you had to make with Kaprizov to catch a flight from Boca Raton Airport and some funny, basically almost planes, trains, and automobiles stuff that happened during yeah. that. How about your perspective of this? Oh, it was a, it was a riot. So his, it was... Um so he was he was hanging out on Fisher Island, which you have, yeah, to, you take, have to take a boat. You got to take a yeah. boat over to, and you know we 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 wrapped up his deal, but there was bad weather coming in, so we 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 uh, we only had a certain amount of time. Craig Leopold was nice enough to get us a private plane, which was really nice, but um, we still only had a certain amount of time to get out because the weather was literally closing in. There was like a little hole in the clouds that we we're gonna have to like shoot through. Um, so they, him, him and his agent had to go back to Fisher Island, like, you know, wait for the, wait for the boat, go over, get up, get all the stuff, get back over. And, uh, Kirill's agents, a, uh, like a, a former special forces, you know, uh, ranger. Big time. Yeah. Like a big, like legit big time. So he was driving and it was a different experience. It was like, (laughs) we were on two wheels in this Jeep and thank God the car was in his name. Um, But you know, those, those median things uh, to separate in some States, they have it to separate the HOV lane from all the other lanes. And he's like, screw it. And we were like, just plowing them over to get into the HOV lane. And then he's like, Oh crap. We got to get over to like I don't know ninety five north. So it was like <laughs> again, and like then you know. So we get to Fort Lauderdale Airport, and uh, we drop him off. I jump in the driver's seat, and we're gonna go up to Boca Raton uh, to the private airport. And about five miles up the road, my phone starts ringing, and it's him. And he's like, "Do not let that jeep stop. I have the keys in my bag." I'm like, "Son of a." <laughs> So next exit, I had to turn off, go back, come through the airport again, and he's waiting out front literally with the keys dangling like that. And Kirill just 
just kind of stuck his arm out. It was like passing the baton in a high school track meet. And we grabbed him, grabbed him, didn't even stop. And then we were, we were hauling ass to, to, the, uh, uh, to the airport. I called, or Whitey called me, and he's like, Billy, where are you? I'm like, dude, I am 11 minutes away. Yeah, because also the pilots were going to time out, too. Yeah, the pilots are going to time out. The yeah. weather's coming in. We got to get in the air. And I come flying off the exit. And, I, of course, you know, it, I've got ways on and all that stuff, but I, I miss my turn. Yeah, well, so I got to go flying over yeah. another median yeah. and stuff like that. And this poor Jeep, yeah. I, I think they probably put it in the scrap heap. <laughs> well, but we literally made it yeah. by... Uh, you know, the skin of our teeth. Yeah. So when you, so when we were at the GMs meetings, I was driving 95 North, and I passed Glades Road there where the Boca Airport is. And if you don't know, if you make a right on Glades, you are definitely – you're going to go well out of your way to the Boca. Yeah. You essentially have to go straight onto the service road to go there. And yeah. you didn't gas up. That was the other great thing. You, no. Didn't you, you just handed the no, keys to I, some guy. I have said, no idea where that Jeep is right now. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, Theophanis. Just but so you know – it wasn't in my yeah. name. Theophanis is, is an interesting guy. Like he, uh, so years and years and years ago, he had guys on the Panthers like David Nemirovsky, Vladary, Valerie Kamensky was somebody that he had that he was, uh, he was leaving Colorado as an understrict free agent, was either going to sign in Florida or the Rangers. So he's this, he's this like he's real powerful agent. And then all of a sudden 9-11 happens. And next thing I know, I can't find him anywhere. I find out he's no longer an agent. He literally re-enlisted and went to the Middle yeah. East. Is that unreal? No, it's... it's yeah. He, he's he's really an incredible story, and um, you know he's done a lot of lot of lot of great things, uh, you know, for our country. Um, tough negotiation. Tough negotiation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, now that you got the negotiations done, I don't, don't want to say what, too much. You'll end up in my living room tonight, like behind my chair. <laughs> but what? Now that you got the negotiations done, what a season for Kirill. Yeah, it's been unbelievable watching this kid, and and. Uh, you know, we knew he was good. We knew he was good. And he started slow, which is kind of scary. Yeah, eight games, no goals. You know, both, both him and Kevin started started very slow. Um, but, you know, I, I think it says a lot about the whole team, like the, the you know, uh, you know re- uh, new, new record in points, wins, um, first 100-point guy for our franchise, um, you know, new record in goals and Oh, just all this uh, new record and assists for Zuki. Um, there, there's just been a lot of a lot of positive stuff going on with our team this year, and and you know you got to give these guys a ton of credit. So I looked at your top nine forwards, and other than Jordan Greenway, who has missed a significant number of games with injury and got off to a slow start as well before he was put together with Ek and Felino, the other eight, all eight have set career highs in points. Seven of the eight have set career highs in goals. All eight have set career highs in assists. So we were thinking about it, and I'm, uh, I'll be curious what your It's going to be tough to back up. Well, <laughs> I mean, number one is, are you looking at guys that are overachieving where you'd have any concern at all that it's sustainable? Or is it guys that are, in some cases, just coming of age and, and on their way up? Or is it a situation where suddenly guys are in the right position, in the right environment, with the right culture, maybe in the right position in the lineup. You're giving me too many where choices. Where they can here. flourish. Or, or feel free to insert your own choice. No, I, I think it's <laughs> B. All right. I think, <laughs> I think these guys, they're, they're doing what they're capable of doing. I don't think they're overachieving. I, I think, I mean, I, I, hey, look, I believe in these guys. I believe in them as a team and as individuals. 
they needed a chance. And some of them are getting that opportunity. Some guys are maturing. Like, it, it, this is like, I think we forget sometimes when Kevin Fiala gets traded here. He's 21? No. Like 20, 21? 22? 22? Yep. I mean, he's all been able to have a beer in this country for a year. You know what? He should be, he should be a junior in college. Like, and we're putting all this pressure on him. Oh, you got to score. You got to do this for our team. Yeah. He's a kid. He's still a kid. He's still a kid. So, hey, look, some guys get it at that age, and they know. But it takes other guys uh, a few more years to, to figure it out. And when they figure it out, you know, they're, they're pretty damn good. And you know what? I even look at, like, Marcus. Like, you know what? Marcus has really figured out his game. Like, you know what? Guys like that, I, I know from experience, we want to play too. You know, and you want to make saucer passes and spinoramas and do this and do that, and that's not what gets a success. You know, but he's learned to play in straight lines and physical and go to the front of the net and do all those things that give him success. So now he's doing it on a, on a nightly basis, and, you know, lo and behold, he's having his best year ever. So everybody's kind of on a different path to success, but they're all just – uh, figuring it out on you know on their own time and and then there there's guys who are 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 taking advantage of of opportunity. We have a ton of sponsors that make this uh, this podcast go. Our newest one is Royal Credit Union. Less fee, more free. Here's a word from Royal Credit Union. Take the checking account challenge from Royal Credit Union. Compare your checking account to Royal and see why it makes sense to switch. Royal's checking accounts have no hidden fees and lots of free features that make it easy to stay on top of your money. You can deposit checks with the Royal's mobile app, receive real-time notifications when transactions happen, and even freeze your debit card in seconds. See what other features you're missing out on and make the switch to a Royal checking account at rcu.org slash royalchallenge, insured by NCUA. Well, I just landed here in Minnesota from, from Nashville, and I'm told it's springtime, but they're still de-icing planes. That's how cold it is still here in Minnesota. But I'm telling you, spring is right around the corner, and it's finally time to enjoy the weather. We all know what that means. Hot weather is, is around the corner, so be prepared. My friends over at Aquarius Home Services are here to help you get ready with a $55 AC tune-up. Aquarius Home Services will provide a thorough 21-point 20, inspection of your system and provide clear upfront pricing. They'll treat your home like their own and will go above and beyond to provide you an all-around five-star customer experience. Again, 55 bucks for an AC tune-up. Amazing deal. Take care of your air conditioner before the warm weather arrives and visit AquariusHomeServices.com today. That's AquariusHomeServices.com. And don't forget to mention Russo sent you. How do you, uh, how do you handle right now this week, Billy? Like uh, you, you have three home games. You want to get home ice advantage, but I've got to think also the Spurgeon injury yesterday now sort of gives you a little bit of apprehension on, you know, do you want to play everybody this week and risk potential injury before the playoffs? You know, how, how do you handle it? Do you, do you think that we could see some guys get some games off here coming up? I want home ice. Yep. Anytime you get a chance to earn something or win something or do something that could help us, we're going to do it. You know what? These guys are all pros. They're all fine-tuned athletes. Um, we don't want to risk anybody's health, but we have an opportunity to get home ice that could prove to be uh, extremely important. Yeah. And why not? Extremely important for a lot of reasons. I mean, yeah. the, the atmosphere in the building is unbelievable yeah. right now. I have never seen anything like it. Yeah. But it also gives you 
the tactical advantage of a last change. And when you have maybe the best checking line in all of hockey, it's nice when you get a chance to dictate against whom they'll play all night. Yeah, for sure. And I, 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 I think, too, like game one in our building with our fans, you know, I, I, I think it's been a while since we've had yep. home ice here in Minnesota. And I just think that would just set the stage for a, a great series. And I don't know. Like I said, if, if we just started resting guys and not trying to get home ice, you know what? What, what would our players say? What would our mm-hmm. fan base say? They'd be like, what the heck? Like, right. what are you doing? You know, you're just giving St. Louis, mm-hmm. you know, home ice. No, we're not going to do that. We're not giving them anything. Plus, you are, you're facing a team that has points in 16 straight games. You're going to have to beat them four times in the playoffs. Yeah, having that extra, a good team. Yeah, having that extra advantage. Yeah. Pretty paramount. Yeah, it is. Yep. It, yeah, it's important. I was yep. looking at those numbers today. Isn't it amazing? When you, St. Louis is 14-0-2 in their yep. last 16. Minnesota's 17-1-3 in their last 21. Yeah. There, there can't be two hotter teams yeah. in hockey yeah. than no. those two. It's going to be a head-to-head. Yeah, let's uh, let's bring that to the, that subject. Uh, this has been a hot button topic all week here. You have three best teams, maybe in the conference, all in the same in the same division, and only uh, in your series, uh, two of the best teams, and only one's getting out. What what what's your opinion? And and was it brought up at the GM's meetings? The whole playoff format no, and going back to one versus eight. It wasn't. It wasn't brought up. And you know what? It it's been tinkered with so many times. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I I would think that at some point in time we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the way I see it, it doesn't really. It's it's tough because. Okay, so Colorado's got a hundred and gazillion points or whatever, and they're going to play Dallas or, you know, Nashville or or Vegas or whoever. Are they really that far apart? Mm-hmm. They're not in today's day and age. The teams are just so close. It, I don't know if it makes that big of a difference. Yeah. The only problem is is that you have two teams like you know uh, Minnesota and St. Louis who have yeah. you know earned uh, a high a high spot that. Well, that's you know, both me, of them. Yeah. Are, you know, one of one of the two is going to be out, yeah. and that stinks. But there's a whole bunch of them like that. I know. I mean, Toronto's yeah, going to play Tampa yeah. in the first round. Yeah. And one and of I, those teams is going to go home. I get it. You know what the thing is, too? But I, do, I, I, but try, I, I try not to overthink yeah, this yeah. stuff because it's never going to be perfect. There's always going to be something. And you can always, you know what? Let's just play. Mm-hmm. Let's play. And let's play and win. And you know what? Then we won't be complaining. Which follows the Bill Guerin no excuses mantra. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to play who we're going to play. As you get ready to go into the playoffs, do you pull anything from your experiences over the years with as a player and as a front office member in Pittsburgh where little things that help those teams have success going into the playoffs? Are there things from those experiences that you can draw into this room to help this team this year? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I don't think it's like a – it's not a situation where it's like, sit down, guys, let me tell you what I know. You know, they look at you like, all right, beat it, old man. Um, I don't think no, anybody inside this room would say that. No, I think they would. Uh, they're pretty comfortable with me. Just um, Marcus. No, I, I think... Um, Delorier would. Yeah, yeah no he problem. would. I, I, I do, and I think it's more of, um, more of a way you carry yourself, more of a way you, uh, you know, handle wins and losses. 
things like that. It's, it's, you know, you, you lead by example and, um, you know, there, there are going to be a lot of tough situations coming up. There's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, emotional swings and things like that, that, um, you know, you're going to, we're going to be, be able to help guys with, or, or, you know, just, uh, like I said, lead by example. And, um, we've got a lot of guys in that room that know what they're doing too. You know, I, I've got a ton of confidence in these guys. I really do. I talked with Dean a little bit about it the other day, and he said he felt one of the things was to not change too much, not change your routine, your game plans, your scouting reports, your meetings, anything, to just try to keep it as normal as possible. Have you seen that play out as yeah. successful in the past? Yeah, and that's another thing I really like about Dean. He's not like a big rah-rah guy, like, okay, it's a playoffs, let's, you know, Get super hyped up and then, no 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 let's just go and take care of business. You know, he was saying the, that the other the, day about hype up videos and how stupid it is that coaches make those. Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, you know what? Every coach has their own style, yeah. and that's not bad. And some some hey, sometimes they really work, you yeah. know, and, and guys like it. And um, but that's just not Dean, and that's not. I don't think that's our team. I don't think these guys yeah. care about that stuff. You know, you, you just let's just go and play. The only thing that that. Uh, needs to change is our level of play we need to elevate we need to elevate in every single category possible yeah you you have to elevate what do you um i want to want to get to fiala here and i know obviously a lot of people when they come up and ask so there has been a moratorium on this question <laughs> no. on the podcast you know what we're gonna, but we I'm said we would you. lift it tonight because we had the one guy yeah. who could answer the question here. So I'm going to ask you all the questions about him as a player, and I'll let them get to the contract stuff, the hard question. Um, but, you know, I want, I want to ask, like, he is a fascinating, he's probably one of the most fascinating people that I've ever covered um, in terms of, like, star power. Like, like Eric Snack the other day, like, if you, he's one of those people that everybody you interview, if you read between the lines, you know his real personality. Eric Snack the other day goes, when he just doesn't get stressed out about the stupid stuff, Goudreau said it basically verbatim to me, when he just thinks about the team and not individual stats and his maturity since his Milwaukee days. Um, he said it the other day, that he has started to grow up and realizes that when he doesn't think about all this other stuff. What, what, do you think that, that this was a true maturity uh, season for him? And that we are seeing sort of a new player that has sort of had this come to Jesus, like, you know what, I'm just going to just worry about being a great teammate, a great player, and, and then let my talent show everybody what kind of great player he could be. Yeah, it sure seems it. Mm -hmm. I mean, he has, you know, I, 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 I heard his comments because I didn't go to Montreal, so I was watching the game on TV, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I heard his comments after the game, and, and they were bang on. It's all, you know what, he's playing great. He's playing fantastic, but it, it's all about the team. And it's all about us winning games right now, and he's doing his part. And you know that, that's that's the truth. Mm -hmm. You know, it, you know the the contract and this and that, all all that stuff will take take care of itself in the end. And you know, right now the the main thing is that we're all focused on winning hockey games, and he's been doing the things that are helping us win. And it's not just scoring goals mm -hmm. and assists and stuff that definitely helps. Yeah, but you know what? He's not turning the puck over. He's back checking. He's playing well in his defensive end. He's been a he's become a very good penalty killer for us. Yeah. So all those little things are, you know, signs of maturity and um played goalie in overtime and, yesterday. Yeah, exactly. And that Kevin wants to win. And that and that, you know what? He's he seems to have quieted the noise in his head. Yeah. I agree. And that's really that's really important. Yeah. Just come and and be one of the guys and play to win. 
You mentioned it earlier, the fact that he and Kirill both started slowly, and we had a graphic we used in our show the other night that showed Kirill over the last 60 games, his pace, I think, was 125 points. Yeesh. Kevin, over the last 50 games, pace is like 114 points. That that's showing that graphic. That good? Summer, by the way. It's pretty good. That's that's <laughs> you might not want to show him that graphic. That stretch summer. for Fiala though almost coincides with when Matt Boldy arrived, and just the fact that he finally had a, a stable winger on his line because earlier in the year it was a revolving door of who was going to play with Fiala. How much do you think? Not only having a stable guy there, but a guy who could play with that kind of skill and pace has helped to just. Don't worry about it. Now, this is your guy. This is your line. Let's go. Yeah, I was I was gonna say he's not just a stable guy. No, no, like, no. I mean, stable in the like, unchanging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He a consistent line mate, which is just happens to be a extremely, a <laughs> extremely high IQ, high skill guy that can make plays, and they have good chemistry. And I, I think that's what Kevin really wanted was to you know he saw you know the Caprizov, uh, Hartman, Zuccarello, then he saw. You know, uh, uh, Erickson at Greenway and Felino. I, I think he kind of longed for that. And, um, you know, just having bolds up and doing what he's done has made a huge difference. Um, and then you got the X Factor and Freddie Goudreau, who's been, Freddie really Goudreau's good. been spectacular yeah, for us. Really good. He has been, we've got more bang out for our buck on that guy. Yeah. Like he is just, he's. I mean, him and Hartman, Dick, in terms of bang on the buck. Yeah. No, it's been great. Yeah. Freddie Goudreau is a hell of a hockey player. Yeah. I was saying to him yesterday, um, yesterday was a great day, by the way, to be at the morning skate because all these guys were so loose. Like, even Kaprizov came out and shot the breeze with me. I mean, that has not happened very often. But Goudreau, like, we were talking about just his stick work. His stick work in the neutral zone, like, if you isolate on him, he's, a, he's like a superstar in the neutral zone. Like, the yeah. stuff he does to break up plays and create havoc and – and I mean, puck support, yeah, he's, everything. He's super smart. Um, he knows his role. He takes responsibility. Uh, you know, on the defensive side of the puck. Um, yeah, I, I cannot say enough good things about no. what Freddie Goodrow has done for us this year. When we had our media day with the staff before the season started, I didn't know much about Freddie Goodrow. When we had seen him in Nashville, he had in and out of the lineup, yeah, bottom yeah. six guy. And I asked Dean. Yeah, what, what does Freddie Gaudreau bring? And he looked at me, he said, I tell you what, he is a great hockey player, and you're going to love him. But it might take you a little while to appreciate how good he is. Yeah. And he said, nobody understands how good he is. How much did Dean weigh in on that before you decided to bring him here? Quite a bit. Because uh, I, I guess, you know, we talked about him the year before, too. And, uh, you know, I, I, I wasn't able to really get anything done. Uh, I wasn't sure, but then we saw him play in Pittsburgh, and uh, yeah, he sure opened our eyes. And, and you know, Dino, uh, I don't give Dino too long of a wish list, <laughs> but Freddie was on it, and um, yeah, we were able to come up with a really good deal for him, and um, yeah, he's, he's been lights out. You know there were some words missing from my Dean quote, yeah, too. Yeah, so yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you can read his lips in the game last night. <laughs> yeah. well, Dean was, it's Dean, not much of a mystery yeah, what no, he's thinking, is no, it? No. Well, no. that was a ridiculous penalty. The, the one on, you, know, you know what bothered me the most about that penalty? All right, now. Can we uh, not and talk I, about yeah. But the, you know what, honestly, what bothered me about that is that you have five on three down below because the two defensemen are not allowed to go in there. And the fact that they have the, such little feel to watch him get jumped, 
Johansson punching everybody and then come away with it. Like, that was just such a – that was your typical refereeing the game, the man, you know, the game and the, what the score was and how many power plays were already called. All right, so anyway. I so just we'll want to say that that is Mike Russo's opinion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not commenting on that. Um, anyway, uh, you, you know the way yeah. – um, Let's talk goalies. It's bigger than Hartman's. Let's talk goalies. Then I want to talk to you about a couple other subjects, and then we'll open it up to the uh, fans here that want to ask you about uh, Kevin Fiala's contract. So uh, they can ask about other things <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, hey, I did. I want to ask you about the goal. Like how uh, with Cam Talbot? Um, I mean, the guy had no regulation losses since March first. You know, this is somebody that. Look, I mean, when you made, when you acquire Marc Andre Fleury, you don't know how. I know you said that you had conversations with him leading up to it, the respect factor to make sure that he was going to be okay with this, that he understood. But still, deep down, you know, you, you don't know how he's going to handle this mentally if he thinks, well, they're getting flour because they don't have a lot of confidence in me. For him to continue what he had started before you acquired Flower, how just impressed have you been with his overall game right now? He's been unbelievable, and I got to be honest with you, I wasn't worried about him. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've really gotten to know this guy over the last couple of years, and you know he's he's a he's a special human being. Like he really is. He's just it's not about him. It's about the team, and it's about you know what a, a, a good run and doing whatever we can. And you know what I think. Like I said earlier, it, Dean, Dean, and myself, like we we don't. We just try to be as honest as we can, and I was pretty honest with Cam, and um, I, I think I hope that that helped him. But you know, he's such a high character guy that you know he takes it as you know what we're getting better, but I also have to compete, and you know what that's the exact way he should have handled it, and mm-hmm. um, and it, it, you know what he he's he's uh, he's doing it. It's been great. How do you now handle this going? I mean, obviously, we've seen sort of a rotations got out of it a little bit here. It, it obvi- like I'm sure that we're going to see both goalies in the playoffs, but how do you handle it going into the playoffs? Like, you can't just, you know, we're going to start Cam, and if he has a shutout, you're going to go back to Flurry in game two. I mean, it's going to be, do you think we'll see both and then not be your total rotation, rotation, like we've seen here the last, what, 18 games? Well, I'm, I can't really get into all that, Mike. I, I, at some point in time, you're, you're going to see both goalies. I mean, that's just the way it is. It's a... Uh, it's a long, grueling, uh, you know, process, and and chances are you'll, you'll see both. But um, I don't know. You'll see in a week. <laughs> <laughs> it seems obvious, though, that this team was built and the way the adjustments you made down the stretch, they were all with an eye on what it's going to take to make a long run, not what it's going to take to beat St. Louis in the first round. It was... You're going to need seven, maybe eight yep. defensemen. You're going to need some bigger, thicker bodies on the fourth line. You're going to need a little bit more depth. I, and you might need two goaltenders. I mean, yep. it, it feels like this was clearly a – this is what it's going to take to win, to play 20, 24 playoff games, not seven. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, – you know, I, I really think we, we check – Check the boxes that we we needed to with the trade deadline, getting a little bit bigger, a little heavier. Um, you know what? Uh, strengthening our goaltending. I, I mean, uh, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, the, the idea is to make a deep run. Like that's the idea. And and you know, yeah, we're gonna have a very very good, experienced opponent in in St. Louis coming up. But you know what? Uh, 
you know, it, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good as series. Prepared as you can be. But we're ready. Yeah, we're going to be prepared. And it's, you know what, it, look, it's going to take seven games. You know what, every series, that's the mentality. It's going to take seven games, and you just, you just got to keep plowing through. So a friend of the show reached out to me on Twitter today and asked how they get in touch with Profile, and I sent, to, I sent him and his girlfriend to Deb at uh, Profile, and uh, there's so many choices out there to lose weight. Uh, believe me, I've tried them all, uh, but I finally found the one that works. Uh, Profile is a full-fledged wellness program. My Profile Health Coach Deb designed a plan that was custom-tailored just for me. It incorporates my nutrition, my exercise habits, my lifestyle choices, my travel habits, everything. Um, I have more energy. I feel feel sometimes good. Uh, Profile worked for me, and it could work for you, too. Don't delay. Visit ProfilePlan.com slash Twin Cities and launch your transformation today. Tell them that Russo sent you. Again, that's ProfilePlan.com dot com slash twin cities and tell us about tria well tree orthopedics is the place to go when you're banged up and you have to get yourself back and it's not just like when you get a sore calf and you have to go to the emergency room in vegas it's when you have a legit injury and this year has been a tough year for both members of this podcast for me it was broken ribs and the guys at tria they couldn't really do anything for it except tell me yep you got broken ribs so it's going to hurt for about six weeks and then you'll be fine. But they're the best. Whatever the injury is, if you're an athlete or just an old guy trying to keep your body moving, go to Trio Orthopedics. Tell me, um, you know, it's been a tough couple of months for the hockey world to lose Clark Gilly is, um, you know, a week and a half ago, Mike Bossy, uh, the other day, Guy Lafleur. Um, you were a New York Islanders captain. Um, you know about what Gillies and Bossy meant to that organization. What were your histories with both of them and the, the alumni I know is part of that organization? And, and Bossy in particular, I mean, how, um, like that was my, one of my favorite players growing yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, how, he, was, he was special. I, I didn't have, you know, when I, when I was there, Mike was working, uh, you know, kind of in the, uh, community, the type. community hospitality type right. stuff. Um, I got to know him a little bit. Uh, and he was a wonderful guy. Uh, I mean, and like as a hockey player, they just didn't get any better. I mean, he was probably the most pure goal scorer ever. Um, Nine straight 50-goal seasons. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, it, like you just look at what he did in such a short amount of time, and it's just incredible. And then, uh, you know, Clarkie was Clarkie was a good friend, I, uh, mm-hmm. and I miss him dearly. He, him and I hit it off uh, right away, and uh, he was always the life of the party. Um, larger than life and just uh, as tough as he was he was just uh that's how that's how real like gentle he was too yeah like he he was just a just a just a great guy always wanted to be around him and uh you know he was he show up for a show up for a 9 a.m tea time and he's got two huge rum and cokes and he's like here you go, big boy. This one's yours. This one's mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, the, the, and it's late night at Mario Lemieux's uh, golf tournament. And he's, you know, fooling around on the piano, singing Kenny Rogers songs and doing this. He was just, I don't know, just a wonderful guy. Yeah. Big, big heart. And then, uh, you know, Guy Lafleur was, you know, absolute legend. And uh, yeah. just the stories about him. It's just, it's, it's sad. It's sad to see these yeah. guys. Uh, you know, pass and um, just legends in the game and, and just good good people that, that did a lot of good. And, you know, Clark Gillies, there's there's a Clark Gillies wing at the Children's Hospital in Huntington, New York. Mm-hmm. You know, him and his wife did so, much, so yeah. many good things there. And 
uh, yeah, just just good people. It's 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 sad. Yeah, his nephew, uh, first round pick of the wild, Colton Gillies, years ago. Um, let's open it up to questions uh, again. If you are drinking Northeast, uh, you can get raffle tickets. Just go out and fill it out up there. Um, if you ask a question, you can fill up a raffle ticket as well. Can you Remember get two also- tickets if, when you ask a question, you bring Billy a refill on his beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and me a water, please. Um, and uh, Anthony and me a Starbucks. So. Um, uh, so do that. Also, jo- again, joshdriverphotography.com. Uh, definitely go on up uh, uh, there and check out his art as well. Uh, you want to start us off? You've been patiently waiting. Yeah. So if uh, Islanders <laughs> captain Billy G was available at the deadline this year, <laughs> would you have been interested in him? And what do you think you would have got on the trade market? Oof, I don't know. He's pretty slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> would he have fit the character Ask inside Ray the Yeah, what was the... T- t- Ask t- Ray Shiro. We had a really fun night with you in Denver this year or last year where Ray was telling the story of how he acquired you. Yeah. And it was it, like, you had to basically wave your to-go there, right? Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. Like, at first you thought you were going to Philly? Philly, yeah. 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 For, first Philly, and then... Uh, so I got pulled off of warm-ups. I thought I was going to Philly, and then they had to clear cap space and, you know weren't able to do it that night and then the next day or the next day or the next day. So it went five days and you're not playing. Two, no, I'm yeah. not playing. I sat at home and every day I was talking to Garth snow and I'm like, snowy, what, like yeah. what's going on? He's like, they can't seem to move the space around to, to fit you in. I'm like, all right, well, you know, I missed two games. It was then Then it's trade deadline day. And then, he calls me up. He goes, well, what about the Rangers? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll go to the Rangers. Yeah, that's fine. And I, I don't think they're very serious because, you know, not too long after that, he's like, yeah, I think they're out. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Well, what? then, like, literally 15 minutes before the deadline, he calls me and he says, what about Pittsburgh? I said, yeah, fine. That, that's good, too. And, uh, and uh, he called me back shortly after, and he – just said, yeah, you're, we traded you to Pittsburgh. I'm like, great. And um, I didn't realize we were 10th place. Like, I thought like, I thought we were a little better than that at the time. Um, but, uh, you know, I remember Kara and I were sitting there in, um, at our house in, in Oyster Bay, Long Island. I, I remember saying to her, I'm like, I, I, uh, I know there's been talk about them not having right shot forwards. I might be able to play with this Crosby kid. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's pretty good. Or this, uh, this other kid, they got milk and he's good too. I might be able to play on that line. And, um, yeah, that literally that, that, uh, that trade changed my life. It yeah. changed my life in a, in a big, big way. Yeah. Because not only, I mean, you win a cup, you have a, I mean, you were one of the few players we, that, that we, end your we, career on a 20 goal season. Yeah, I won and a then cup. get you into management. Yeah. That's the big thing yeah. is that we won a cup. Um, I felt a connection to that team that I hadn't felt in a long time. Um, I, I stayed with them after, uh, got into player development, assistant GM, and then had my sights set on a GM job. So yeah, it, that, that trade changed my life. Yeah. What's it like working with Craig Leopold? Um, you know, uh, I know that I see you guys, it seems like you have an incredible relationship. I mean, I passed out, there was a huge billboard, at uh, Nashville Airport this morning of that Uncle Nearest. Uh, yeah, 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 took a picture yeah, of it. Yeah. Actually, I think I sent it to you, too, but yeah. I sent it to him. Um, but, it's uh, awesome. Yeah. I mean, I... I, hey, I oy, this guy's a winner. You. Thank you. I have Although the, you can't uh, win the chair. I have the, uh, yeah, I have the best boss yourself. in the National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. 
and he's just fantastic. It's yeah, we do have a good we have a good relationship because you know one one we yeah we do we get along we get along really well. But um, you know he challenges me. Yeah, and I'll go to him with certain things and hey, you know what, I'm thinking about doing this. I'd like to sign this guy or I'd like to extend these, you know, uh, you know, uh, hockey ops people or staff members or whatever. And he's like, you know, and he'll, he'll challenge me on, on all the, all the stuff. And, you know, I, Craig respects my, my job and what I'm trying to do. And I respect, you know, what he's trying to do. I respect his money. Um, it's not mine. It's his. And, um, you know, we just, yeah, we, we have a, a Really good relationship, and I think that's important. I love the clip in the Becoming Wild yeah. show where he, he didn't said challenge that, you where, there. where Craig says, yeah, do you need the jet? Yeah, is that cool? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he didn't challenge you yeah. there. So, Here, here's the jet. Hey, he offered. Yeah. <laughs> he's, incre- he's, incredibly, he's incredibly generous, and really, you know what, he's so humble, and, you know, him and his wife, Helen, they, they take care of us. Uh, yeah. we, are, we are treated incredibly well it's it's amazing question hey uh so i got i got a question but first i just want to let you know because of all the great things you've done for this organization me and my friends have often called you uncle bill oh thanks (laughs) (laughs) and uh my question is so you know how has the the fact that you were a player for so long helped you in your job as general manager well i i I think it's a good question, and, and it, it has. I think it, <clears throat> you know, you you have to try not to forget what it's like to be a player and the ups and downs. And I, I think maybe the biggest thing it's in the, so I can I can support the players better. Um, look at if we lose a game, like it, through I guess through my 18 year career, I, I lost a lot of games. I didn't play a great game every night. And, but I, you always put in the effort. You always, you always tried, you always work hard. And you know what? I, I think now just being able to understand that, you know what, if, if we didn't have our A game that night, or if one guy had a bad game, you can still support him. You, you know, you, you, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to beat him down or crap on him or anything like that. You, you, it's more of a, a I, I think I'm more in a supporting role than anything else. And I can, and I can help guys, I can help them be better. And, you know, just making sure that they know that they're in a, you know, that they're in a good spot. We want them here because of who they are and all that stuff. Yeah. Also sounds like you're def- describing and defining this year's team's mentality with that, with that statement. Yeah. Got a question for you. Uh, what are your and the organization's thoughts on Ryan Hartman giving the finger to another player in a very public setting and getting it caught on TV. Well, you've never done that. No, you know what? Hockey is an emotional game. And when you're in that situation and you're pissed off, you sometimes you just react and you know what? Ryan was not very happy and he just reacted and (laughs) you know what? The, The league took action and find him, but, uh, you know, we don't want that happening every night, but I understand it. Did you send him any Venmo? No. <laughs> no. I don't even have Venmo. I can't. That's, yeah, well, that's that was, out of my pay That grade. was the I funniest don't part of that whole thing was uh, trying to explain to Dean and Dallas yeah. what Venmo was. <laughs> no, the other great like, thing, you were, were you there the other day when we were trying to teach him what a meme was? Yes. Yeah, that yeah. was fun, too. The kids tell me what he Venmo was. I'm like, was. wait a second. So it's just there? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. it's not, like, where, where's the cash? Like, yeah. I don't know. 
Yeah. I get it now, but no, that that that, that was a, a one-off thing. Yeah. Did you guys slap his wrist, or was the leagues fine no, enough? No, the league's him? fine enough. We no, that was just an emotional, you know, outburst. There's some YouTube videos of Billy having some emotional outbursts too. So, yeah. <laughs> been known to happen in in, in practices as it well happens. in Dallas. That's a good one. <laughs> hey, so I got two questions for you here. If you were to summarize the team in one sentence, what would that look like? Oh, boy. These guys are resilient. Sounds good. Follow-up. I was really hoping it would happen with the Koivu retirement, and I know we have some all right fans and all, but if we win a cup banner, can we take down the number one <laughs> fan retire? <laughs> Above my pay grade. <laughs> I'm with you. I am with you on that. Go ahead. Question. Wow, we got a lineup of questions. This podcast might be three hours long, Brandon. All right, big dog. We know you're in the mob. Who, me? No questions asked. <laughs> Who are we signing next? Fiala? <laughs> Dumba. Well, Dumba's signed. Excuse me. Hey, you said I'm in the mob. Omerta. I can't say anything. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> thanks. Does that mean the moratorium's back on now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. So uh, just uh, to bail here, so um, I don't know if you – Except the job for the Wild before, you know, the kind of narrative for the Minnesota Wild has been stereotyped by the uh, Jack Lemire's, you know, the trap team, <laughs> been called the Minnesota Mild or Mini Mild. So what, what do you hope here when you're done here as, a, you know, as the GM here by the Minnesota Wild, what do you hope kind of legacy when opposing players come to the X here where they see, the, you know, the X, they see the beast head, they say, you know, do you hope they have the, when they come to this uh, arena here, the X, they have some kind of respect, fear, anything like this? Yeah, I do. And you know what, that was, you know, I did a couple things like this when I first got the job. And you know what, I, I, I want opposing teams to know that they're going to be in for a long night when they come into our building. And I want to be extremely hard to play against. I want us to be able to play it any way you want to play it. Uh, to, uh, um, you know, but uh, basically the legacy is to win. It's a Stanley Cup. Right Cup. That's it. It's you know what? Uh, deep playoff runs are great and this and that. But the legacy is a Stanley Cup. I loved one of your answers. The you and I did a breakfast deal early after your you were hired, and you said we don't get paid to play hockey. We get yeah. paid to win. Yeah, that was what I, I learned from Glenn Sather, and that was one of his quotes. And he couldn't have been more right. And, and I, that's I. I, I I, I took that with me, and it's true. We don't pay guys to play. That's not why we're here. You know what? When you play Little League or Bantam or whatever, yeah, you're, you're, pay, you're playing to play. We are professionals. We are in the National Hockey League. We're paying you to win. It's not – that's why we're here, to win. Everything is about to change. If you've been watching the news, you know that interest rates are likely to rise several times in 2022. That means the time to sell your home is now. Buyers want to buy before interest rates go up, so they're highly, highly motivated. And if you're holding out because you can't find a place to move to next, well, Chris Sundahl Real Estate has the perfect solution to help you. It's their guaranteed offer program. 
Guaranteed offer means you can sell now while your equity is high, then pick your closing date so you have more time to buy while interest rates are at historic lows. The bottom line is when interest rates rise, selling opportunities fade. So now is the perfect time to sell your current home and find your next one. But the window is closing fast. By this time next year, don't regret sitting on the sidelines while others perfectly time the real estate market. Act now and take advantage of this unique and once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Join thousands of other homeowners who have already received a guaranteed offer by visiting chrislindahl.com today. That's chrislindahl.com. Some terms and conditions apply. Hey, hockey fans. Jerry Bosch here again from Bosch Law Firm and WorkCompExperts.com. If you're injured at work, it's never too soon to contact the lawyers and awesome staff at Bosch Law Firm. We'll answer all your questions, help you set up your work comp claim, and help you select professionals who will be there to help you, not the insurance company. And with almost 30 years of litigation experience, if your benefits are denied, we'll fight to get you paid. Bosch Law Firm. The call's always free and there's never a fee unless we obtain benefits on your behalf. Call or text us at 651-333-8300 or visit us at workcompexperts.com. Kowalski is the place to go if you're entertaining or having a great meal. I shared with you last week about their Berkshire ham that is phenomenal, that it's basically the Akaushi is to steak like Berkshire is to ham. And hope you guys enjoyed that. I had a few people stop me. I went to a different Kowalski's the other day and had a few people stopping me and they're going through their phones with a picture of a meal that we had prepared at home and said, hey, tell me what this is. I want to, um, this is what I want to make. And so it's kind of fun when people stop you in the store and they'll usually make comments like, I've heard you talk about Kowalski's. It's interesting to see you here. So when you're entertaining or having a big meal, got to start with the best ingredients for that. Go to Kowalski's. So I bought this shirt. You might recognize that saying. Yeah. One, can I get an autograph? Can you yeah. autograph this for <laughs> yeah. me? I was surprised you got one. My wife bought mo- most of them. <laughs> uh, it was a gift from my wife. It's the uh, quote from the uh, meeting at the beginning of the season, and yeah. that is what it is. Uh, I'll show it after I get done. Uh, <laughs> then the other question is, my other question is, the TNT guys were talking about the playoff format, and a lot of people have talked about St. Louis, Minnesota first series. One of the three best teams in the West is going to be gone. And what is – do you have any input into the guy who runs this league? No. <laughs> <laughs> because oh, I think I – can, I, can, I, can, I can say what I'd like, but, you know, Gary's running the league. and Just send him an email. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he the, – the thing about it is, look at – you got to beat good teams going through it anyways. Like, if we – if we start overthinking it and being like, well, what if we shuffled it around? You're not guaranteed anyways. Like, you know what? You, like, look at the upsets that happened during during the NHL playoffs. It it happens. You can't – I don't want to get into, like, trying to work it so hard so we play a team that has less points than us or so many less points than us because, you know, that's kind of when you, you can get bit in the ass that way too. So, you know what? We are where we are. The system is the system. Let's just play. Go ahead. Hey, Bill. Uh, thanks so much for coming out tonight. This is fantastic. This is actually the most fun I've had since we had 80 shots on, or 80 shot attempts last night. <laughs> um, uh, question for you. So I'm wondering your thoughts on LTIR throughout the league. There's obviously been some prominent cases the last few seasons, and would you potentially consider acquiring a player's contract who is on LTIR to help with cap purposes? 
Thanks a lot. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. <laughs> I wish Chris O'Hearn was here. Yeah, Chris can explain. It doesn't to you work that. like that. You can't just. It's like a very complicated. Well, system. If you acquire, if you acquire somebody on LTI, you have to account for that number during the summer. So you can't. You have to have that space. If if if. You know, when Tampa acquired Seabrook, they had to have the space at the beginning of the year to fit Seabrook. Mm-hmm. So we don't have that space. We don't have space to bring in an LTI guy. Um, it 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 looks a lot better and simpler because it worked for Tampa last year, but it, it's really difficult. You don't want to be an LTI. You just you don't. It, it's um, and I'm not the best guy to explain it either. I'll promise you that. But um, no, that's not a route that we're going to go. Um, and do I have a problem with it? No, because it's nobody broke any rules. Is it a loop? Yeah, it's a loop. But you know what? Nobody broke any rules. So I have a different salary cap question. It's not Crap. not a bad one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was wondering how I spend way too much time on cap friendly. And I was wondering. You and me both. <laughs> Well, so that kind of answer. I was going to say, how do you guys, within the season and year to year, manage the cap? Is it you have whiteboards, everything mapped out, spreadsheets? Do you kind of just say to Chris O'Hearn, hey, does that work? Um, and how far in advance do you have mapped out? Because, you know, Kaprizov gets signed, that affects Fiala, that affects Boldy next year. How far down the line are you planned out from right. a cap standpoint? Um, well, we're, we're a couple years down. We're probably like three years, but you know, the old saying, man plans, God laughs, things change all the time. So we really have to just, we try to plan as best we can. And, you know, Chris is a, a wizard at this stuff and, um, you know, so we'll, you know, for, for the next couple of years and, you know, this year too, we, we take those big cap hits that we have and we see what we have left over. We see. You know what? You know player X, Y, and Z might might be worth in the market, and you know compare you know comparable players and things like that. So uh, allocate different dollars to those open slots or those players that we could possibly be re-signing. Um, but it's 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 a moving target, and it it, it changes constantly. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean Chris is uh, you know. Chris is Chris is fantastic at it. I'm 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 talking to him all the time. You know, hey, can we do this? He's like, no, no. we can't. <laughs> I'm like, damn it. You know. Yeah, quick question here: Wild fans were treated to an absolute gift of having Paul Allen in the radio booth for two games this year. Is there any chance we can get him for more games next year? That is not my department. <laughs> that is not my department. Uh, PA did a great job. He was a lot of fun. Question: How's it going, guys? Yep. Good. Can you guys hear me? Oh, oh yeah, go. yeah, yeah. We got you. This one's probably more for Mike, but when's the last time you talked to Josh Harding, and do you have an update on how he's been doing? Actually, somebody asked me for his number the other day, but I really I haven't talked to him in a while. I know he's still in town, um, all that stuff, but I got to reach out to him. Uh, last time I saw him was probably two or three years ago in the press box. Uh, he came up to me, uh, but I haven't talked to him uh, in a while. So, but Go ahead. It gives me a good off-season. Off uh, I'll reach out to him. So with the cap issues in the next upcoming years and the great prospect pool that we have, 
will will we be seeing more rookies as opposed to veterans on smaller contracts? Uh, yes, yeah, but you could be seeing <laughs> you could be seeing both. Um, you know, I, I still think with with uh, with these cap hits, you know, we still don't want to force we don't want to force kids into the league before they're ready, because in the long run that'll prevent us from really doing what we want to do when the cap hits are over. You know what I'm saying? So it's, um, yeah, it's a bit of a balancing act because we, you know, we want, we want to get younger. We want to get faster. We want to get more skill. We want to get all that stuff, but you know, we might need a couple of veterans, uh, you know, that, that, uh, that are coming in on lower deals, but you never know. It's really, a, it's all around the league. We're seeing it though. Teams know they have to have, three or four guys on those yeah. entry-level deals just to stay under the cap. Minnesota's not the only one dealing with that. Right, right. Nobody's, nobody's, uh, nobody's crying for us. No, no. Yeah, uh, Billy, my question is kind of about how you've changed the culture, I think, within the organization, not necessarily speaking to the players, but you look across social media with the Not Weird Wild campaign, we're seeing way more personality out of the players and stuff and talking to a few people around the team. That a lot came from the top down. Um, from you, so can you speak to this kind of when you came in and how you wanted just to get this team more in front of the fans? Because I think we can all say as fans that we feel a little bit close to the team just through the work that the social and digital teams have done this year. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. And I, yeah, it, it was important to me. Um, the guys are having fun, right? They're a great bunch of guys. You as fans deserve to see them. You deserve to see their other side, their personalities. That's where we are in the world. It's not like, you know all business anymore. No, we've got to have some fun, right? Minnesota, hey, we, we like nice things too. You know what? We, we want to have some fun too. And uh, you know what? We're, you know, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not splitting the atom here or anything like that or, you know, we're, we're playing hockey. So yeah, you know what? Cameras are allowed in the dressing room. You know what? They can follow guys around. The guys can play practical jokes. They could, yeah, that, that's what this game is all about. You, Playing, winning games is fun. Being around the guys is fun. You know what? We have a really special group of people, high-character guys that are, that are funny, that are outgoing, that are, you know what? And, and, yeah, we want them out there, just like everybody else. And um, I think our social media crew has done a great job. I think our game ops uh, crew has done a fantastic job in kind of ramping things up and so making, much it, better a, than yeah, making it a more fun atmosphere like – you know what? We we want you guys to come to the game, and I know there's a game going on, and you guys are so knowledgeable about the game, but we want you to have fun, too. You know what? We want you to, you know, pound a couple beers and have a good night out. You're paying enough for it. Like, <laughs> you should have some fun and be entertained and, uh, you know, watch watch us win. I see another T-shirt uh, saying coming out there. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> pound, pound a couple beers. Yeah. <laughs> We, we got s- two more. We got two more beer. questions, and then uh, <laughs> then we got to let uh, we got to let Billy go. So two more questions, and we'll give away a chair. Billy, what would you think is some of the greatest advice for a youngster trying to get into the hockey world? He's an analytics wizard, by the way. So there you go. You All can right. add him to your department. You know what? It's a uh, it's a relationship world. Reach out to anybody that you know, but be in hockey. Be in hockey. If you're if you want to be in like if you want to work in the NHL at a young age. You have to be in hockey. You can't just want, and you have to network, and you have to try to meet different people and uh, work your way in. And you gotta be, you gotta be willing to start at the very bottom. 
And you know what? If they ask you to, you know what, sweep the floors or do whatever, then do it and then work your way up from there. But you got to, you got to be willing to do anything. And I, 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 I tell guys that all the time, like, or even young players, you know, that say, Oh, I'll do anything. I'll do anything to play in the NHL. Oh, really? Will you? <laughs> Cause there's a lot to that. You know, will you get your nose put on the other side of your face or block shots or play in the fourth line for five years before you get your chance at the third line? Will you do anything? So that's kind of it. Don't you think that's that's the same almost in any vacation? I mean, like, you know, same with Anthony. I mean, yeah. we both started covering preps and working our way up. It, you don't just wake sure up and one day cover world. the wild. For sure yeah. in the sports world. Because yeah. there's so many people out there that are willing to do it just to be a part of it. Yeah. You got to work yeah. hard. And that that's the thing, too, is that, yeah, in any walk of life, you got to sacrifice. It's like, <laughs> Kara and I always say, we're going to write a book together, and it's called The Glamorous Life. I assume she's going to write heavy, it. It's heavy, heavy sarcasm. <laughs> well, she's going to read it to me when it's done. <laughs> <laughs> but But it's anything but. It is anything but glamorous. And you know what? Until there's you get some, to go on the Dallas Cowboys playing to Cabo. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. There's some cool. There's some cool things. But it, it's, yeah. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to get to that. Yeah. You know, and like to to sit in this chair. Like you know what? We we've all like I've sacrificed. My family sacrificed. My kids have sacrificed. It, it, that's what it takes it, in anything. If you want to be successful, you got to give something up. It doesn't just come. Yep. Great question. This will be the last question of the show. Like, I can't leave without asking about Fiala. Finally. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Like, I'm just telling you, the I got to deal with these people 50,000 times a day asking me how you're going to sign Fiala. The guy in and, the Neil Broughton jersey. And now we're an hour and a half into the podcast, 50 fan questions in, and finally somebody has the guts to ask you the question. Listen, it... He didn't even the, ask the question yet. No. Yeah, but just do it right, <laughs> ask it well, and right. he'll give us the real answer well, right now. I'll start with a little. I'll start with a little flattery. Like it took a lot of guts to buy out Prezi at Suter. Like that took a lot of cojones. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, I think I think what the fans respect about you is like you do your thing and you're not afraid of the blowback, and that takes a lot of cojones. And. Um, You've you've done some pretty impossible things. You've reshaped the whole team, the culture, the locker room. Like we as fans see that. Like the guy that said Minnesota Mild earlier, he wasn't kidding. Like this is a different team. Like they're amazing. So now you have this, you sign Fiala to approve it deal. Well, he proved it. So now what do you do? Because <laughs> now you kinda he's called your bluff. I mean, he's basically <laughs> said, like, all right, I love Billy. That. So so the one guy. Yeah. The one so, guy. So so Wait. what do you do? This guy, this guy has asked by far the best question yeah. to a yeah. We should just give the guy the chair, anyway. really. We should give him the athletic... Uh, yeah, I think we... Uh, honestly, like, uh, we should give him, like, the keys to the athletic website, have him be a sports writer. Listen, this is... This will all work out. This... Not work out in that maybe the way we all want it to. I don't know which way it's going to work out. But we have to give it time. Right, honest to God, I don't know. That's that's my honest answer. I don't know. And um, the most important thing right now is that we stay focused and Kevin stays focused. No. And this will all work out one way or another, and and we'll have to deal with it. And I, I really can't – there are – 
you know, like the, the, the guy that asks the salary cap questions, how, 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 how far do you plan out? How, you know, man plans, God laughs. So I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know what their expectations will be. I don't know what ours are going to be. I don't know what the market's going to be. I don't know. But right now, we're really enjoying watching this kid blossom and, and play some great hockey for us. And um, it's been nice to see him grow. It really has. He's, he's, I mean, he's put together a special year. But it was a great question. You phrased yeah, it well. It was a good question. Yeah. What was that? I, I can't hear you guys. I got these headphones on. Yeah. What, what was it? Yeah, they'll do a Venmo campaign. If they, if they raise about like eight times eight, then you could just give them two. So there you go. Um, well, that was a perfect way to end the question. So thank you. And the podcast. So thank you. Hey, uh, th- thanks to everybody for joining us. Uh, thanks, Billy, for coming out. That was yeah, really cool. Thank you. Thanks, yeah. everybody. Appreciate nice. it. Really, really appreciate it. Make sure that you uh, go check out joshdriver.com. Again, joshdriver. Uh, photography.com. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, Royal Credit Union, Tria, Kowalski's, Profile by Sanford, Aquarius, Christendahl Real Estate, Bosch Law Firm, and Minnesota Propane Association. Thanks, Billy G. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks, Talk guys. to you next week, everybody. So much coming out, there's nothing going